Welcome to another episode of Wrestling for the Faith. Here are your hosts, Casey Cage and WWE's Jackson Riker, Chad Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage with my co-host, Chad Lale. What's up, man? I'm doing pretty good, brother. How are you? Dude, I'm great. Blessed. Been a good Sunday. Um, and just, uh, you know, sitting here in a hotel room, the normal. <laughs> normal, normal. That, that's not going to. That's not going to be too much longer. You're going to, are they going to, Raws are going to start being live in a month or two, right? Yeah, June 16th, they got SmackDown in Dallas, Texas. And then June 19th, I believe, is our first live Raw in, in Dallas, Texas. Man, I am stoked because I'm a big, you know, Dallas Cowboys fan. I hope nobody stops listening to the show because of that. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Dallas has always been a really cool town, a place where I went and did a lot of indie shows many, many yeah. years ago. Uh, you know, they're in Sherman, Texas for NWA when I wrestled with those guys. So, dude, the, the roster's stoked about just getting back out on the road and getting the energy from people. And you know, man, you know just as well as me, that's what we feed off of. Oh, man. I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know how – I mean, now, we both work shows where there was, you know, five or ten people in the crowd. But there were still people in the crowd, you know. And yeah. when, especially whenever the – whenever COVID first hit and you guys wasn't doing the Thunderdome and if there was still any indie shows running, I don't know what those guys were doing. You know, I, I've been out for a couple of years. I'm just getting back in. And so the first booking that I took a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, it was live crowd and I didn't ever have to deal with that stuff. So it, I know that it had to be like, a complete shock to all the boys having to go out there uh, with uh, nobody. Yeah, it was just dead silence, man. I mean, so for me, I've done a few movies, you know, been on set and stuff like that. So I just kind of went, all right, well, I guess we're filming a movie now. But, man, there'll be moments where you do something in the ring and you would expect that crowd. And so your instinct will be to, like, kind of pause, but then you realize, oh, there's no crowd. I don't <laughs> But, you know, we were blessed enough to keep working through this pandemic, man. And um, I'm so thankful for that. Because, I mean, the people needed some some form of entertainment. Because, I mean, there was no – I mean, I, I don't really recall many sports doing anything. You know, right. the movies shut down, acting shut down. So people were not getting new movies in the theaters. But – Hey, we're coming out on the better end of it now, brother. We're going to start live audiences in July. That'll be great, man. So uh, for those who who are just joining us, maybe new listeners, uh, last week we began a Bible study in the book of Acts, and we kind of read through uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And, and, you know, we kind of stopped there and discussed – uh, the the big question uh, was who is the Holy Spirit, and we kind of kind of went over that and, uh, and and talked about who the Holy Spirit was and explained some things. And if you uh, if you missed that one, be sure to go back and listen to last week's episode and uh, kind of catch up with us. Uh, one thing, and I sent this to you earlier in the week, man. But one thing, as I was uh, studying this week. And I don't know why I was, I was just, I was planning on moving on from verse eight. Uh, but mm-hmm. I got up one morning and, uh, my Bible was on my table and I still had it open to acts chapter one. 
and I was going to move on. And I, I just something it was like the word witnesses jumped off the page at me. And I was like, OK, OK, what's the deal? So my first thought when I think of witnesses or witnessing uh, is basically mm-hmm. testifying, you know, telling somebody uh, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done in your life, you know, uh, what have you. But something just jumped off the page at me about that word witnesses. So I pulled out my uh, my Strong's concordance and and Greek and Hebrew dictionary. And I'm not fluent in any of that. I'm, you know, we talk about Dr. Michael Brown all the time. I'm definitely (laughs) not a Dr. Brown. Um, but one thing I went through and, and I, I was looking through these different word witnesses and there are a few different words that mean witness or witnesses in the Greek, but something that really floored me was these words that mean to testify, that's not the word that was used in Acts chapter one and verse eight, when Jesus says, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. That's not the word. It's not, it's not the word that means just to simply testify the word. And I might be butchering it is actually martus, mm-hmm. And it's, means one who bears witness by his death. It's where we get the English word martyr. And that just, dude, that floored me. And I I thought that that was really important to to write down and to bring out on this episode so that people could uh, get an understanding of that because that's not – it. When Jesus said, you will be witnesses of me, he was not just simply saying, you, you'll go and testify and tell people about me. Uh, right. right. Uh, and that, that really was powerful to me. And it does give a whole new meaning to laying down your life for the gospel, for Christ, you know, for the truth and, and, and what he stands for and what he told them to do. And I'm reading, uh, you know, a book that spoke about kind of the witness of these disciples, how they, each one of them, you know, died to mm-hmm. share the gospel in a certain way, whether, you know, it was, uh, Peter being crucified, uh, Paul being beheaded, they were all readily able and are readily available and willing to give their life for this gospel, which has always been a, just kind of punching the gut to me from years ago where I questioned like, is God real? Who is this Jesus? And as I've grown in my faith, obviously I've started to study more and realize like these men and women were willing to die for Jesus. Yeah. Meaning this wasn't something that was just some fairy tale, something that was just made up. And as you just said, the, you know, the word witness, I, I didn't know that. So I might have to have you send me those notes, but the, just to, to, to understand what only, you know, the disciples then brother, but, we here in the United States, like I heard a pastor say it the other day, like we don't know what persecution is like when it comes to that kind of persecution. Yes, we're we're made fun of or we're, uh, you know, our beliefs or whatever held back or taken out of schools or whatnot. But when it comes to believers overseas, you know, Christians in, in these other radical countries, 
that are being beheaded and murdered and their families being taken from them and their Bibles being snatched from them. Mm-hmm. Like they understand what's going on. So, you know, just being like th- these, these, I mean, the disciples were so, so bold. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely were. And that's one thing as we go through the book of acts that will just, that will just jump uh, jump out at us is how bold they were and how, and, and that's always been something you, you kind of, uh, mentioned it there a second ago. These these people, they continued preaching Jesus after he had died, been buried, and they saw him resurrected. I believe it was Paul who actually records and says that there were over 500 people who had seen him after he was buried. So he right. was resurrected. And and these these disciples of Jesus kept going and 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 not just preaching a Jesus who did miracles, not just a Jesus who went to the cross, not just a Jesus who was buried, a Jesus who was resurrected uh, and brought back to life. And you said it; they went to their death preaching yeah. this. Now, for me. If if me and you got together and said, okay, we're going to start our new religion, okay, I might would take some stripes for it if we were really trying to put this thing over. Yeah, I might, <laughs> I might would take some lashes for it, okay. Uh, sure, but I'm not going. I'm not going to have my head in the gallows and still be looking up at the man who's about to cut my head off saying Jesus died for you and he's resurrected. I'm not going to keep preaching something that I know is a complete lie. Mm -hmm. And that's what sticks out to me about the apostles and their lives is they all, with exception of uh, the apostle John, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's the only one who died a natural death. Right. Uh, But all the rest of the disciples, they were put to death for their faith in Jesus. Now, who in their right mind is going to go through to death preaching that they saw Jesus alive after he died on the cross if it was not true? Yeah, but even John, I mean, John died a natural death. But I know you've got to look at the the persecution that John went through. And I was reading the other day because uh, I'm studying revelations as well, where John was thrown into apparently like uh, uh, heated up oil or some kind of like, uh, yeah, heated up oil where they tried to burn him to death. Yeah. He lived, then he was, then he was thrown on the Island of Patmos, you know, and just, which if you ever seen pictures of Patmos, it's just desolate, Island with no vegetation, hardly maybe now, but back then it was just Rockies, uh, rocks and everything. So the dude suffered, you know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, I'm like you, if you and I just come up with some crazy fanatical religion and my head's getting ready to get chopped off. And I was like, Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, dude. Okay. I'm, I was just kidding. Like, I don't believe in this. It's not yeah. real, but no, they did not. And, and it made me think of <clears throat> boldness comes from an indwelling of the Holy spirit. And I looked up the definition of indwelling and it's, it is to be permanently present in. Mm. So when you are permanently present in Jesus and you allow Jesus to be permanently present in you, 
that's where you have that dwelling of the Holy Spirit that allowed these men and women to witness, you know, in Jerusalem, Judea, and all of the earth. And if you think about this, you mentioned it just a minute ago where Paul mentioned uh, of 500 or so saw the risen Christ, saw this. So it wasn't just the 12 or whatnot. Right. It was more, man, that witnessed Jesus, you know, had risen from the dead. <clears throat> and that's super important because it wasn't just these guys who were making up a story. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's dude. I mean, it, it's incredible for me to sit and think about um, just how, I don't know, man, just how amazing the gospel is and how amazing Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it definitely is. They, uh, if we want to, I'm, I'm going to begin reading here in, uh, in Acts. Uh, we'll start at verse nine. I'm going to read through a few verses here because there's some really important things. And, and honestly, I had kind of thought about glossing over the, uh, the end of this chapter. Uh, mm -hmm. But after reading it a few times this week over, I'm like, no, there's, there's a lot of stuff in here. And, yes. you know, you text me and said that there was something, you know, really jumping out at you. And so we're going to, we're going to read through a few verses here and then, and then go into some discussion because there's still a lot of meat left in this chapter. And like we said last week or a couple of weeks ago, and this might take six months. It might take six years. We're letting the Holy Spirit lead. So <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. we're, we're not on a, on a time schedule or anything. We're just, we're just trying to, uh, to build ourselves up and, and, and everybody who takes time to listen to these podcasts. So we're just That's letting right. the Lord lead this thing, man. So mm -hmm. Acts chapter one, uh, beginning at verse nine. Now I'm reading out of the new living translation. It says, after saying this, now this is after verse eight, Jesus says, when you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of about a half a mile, uh, or some uh, translations say a Sabbath day's journey. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. And it says uh, during this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Uh, now we'll stop right there, but, but uh, you know, the thing that you said really jumped out to you about that is Jesus had just been taken Mm -hmm. And 
they went to prayer. They, yep. they, they felt the need. Okay. We, we don't have Jesus here with us anymore. We've got to go seek his direction. Right. And I look at what stands out to me and all that was, and I wrote it down, um, Acts 14. So my, my version ESV, it says all these with one accord were oh. devoting themselves to prayer, you know, but you, you said it, they, they united in prayer. So I think of a, <clears throat> of an orchestra, you see like the Trans-Siberian orchestra, you know, anybody who's ever seen that or any kind of good band or whatever you get into, they are in accord with one another. They are, uh, they're, working together to create this masterpiece. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if one person's off tick or one person's not doing well or whatnot, then everything kind of goes off all the whack. So mm -hmm. the disciples knew that they had to come together with no quarreling, no one saying, you know, Peter not pointing at John, John not pointing at Peter saying you, this, you, this, nobody pointing fingers. They had to come together in accord and be devoted to prayer to fulfill, um, you know, what Christ had, had sent them to do. Uh, and what they were called to do to be, you know, the witnesses, as you mentioned, to, to, to go and share the gospel. And, uh, and it's, so <clears throat> devoted to prayer is found six times in acts. So it's obviously important. Anytime you see something repeated in the Bible to me, it's always, it always catches my eye. I go, okay. That's gotta be important. Yeah. Kind of like Jesus in John 15 says, abide, 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 abide in me. You know, it's important. He is embedding that word in our head. So to me, if you go through the book of Acts, if you go through the New Testament, uh, Paul, dude, he speaks constantly about prayer, being in prayer with, with you know, with, with Christ and just being in tune with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so important. And, and you know, one thing that I can I can say is there may be there may be some people out there and they're thinking, you know, I yeah, I pray. I, I, I say my. Now I lay me down to sleep or, or whatever, yeah. you know, like we talked about last week, uh, you know, the way we would pray when we were living in sin, Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, I know I've been doing all this garbage all day, but Lord forgive me that way. If I die tonight, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm coming with you. Uh, right. And, and there's so many, uh, who, who might have that kind of prayer life, but they don't have, the prayer life that, that this is talking about here, they knew that they needed direction. They, they had not experienced yet uh, the empowerment of the Holy spirit, but they had learned to believe Jesus at what he said, because, you know, they took off and went fishing whenever he, uh, whenever he died on the cross, you know, they kind of yeah. were like, okay, well he's gone. Let's go fishing. Let's go back to our old, our old ways, you know, uh, but then after they saw him resurrected, they knew to take him seriously. They knew to, to, to believe what he said. And so they had not experienced the empowerment of the Holy spirit yet, but they knew to take Jesus serious. So they went and, and decided to uh, come together and pray and seek uh, the Lord's direction. And if we, if we, are depending on ourselves, then we will very rarely get in the word of God. We will very rarely pray if ever, but for the believer who is depending on the Holy spirit's leadership, mm -hmm. you'll be digging into that word. 
you will be digging and you will be, uh, you will be coming to the Lord in prayer because we have to have his direction. Dude, and, it's our daily bread. Yeah. It's our daily bread, right? Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, that's, 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 that's the thing we have to have. We have to have that direction. If, if we're being spirit led, we've got to have his direction, not ours. Mm-hmm. We can't just say, Oh, you know, I'm going to get up and do this. You know, James said, that's foolish. He said, you need to say, if the Lord wills, I'm going to go to this city and do this. Mm-hmm. But, but it's all about the Lord's will. And how do we get the will or the mind of Christ? As, as, as Paul talks about, he says, let the mind of Christ be in you. Now, how do we get that? We have to go to his word. We, yes. have to, we have to spend time in prayer seeking his leadership for every little decision, not just the big ones. I mean, every, okay, Lord, uh, can I buy this car? Yeah. And I've heard many people say, well, you know, I can afford it. (laughs) Well, just because you can afford it don't necessarily mean that the Lord wants you to have it. Uh, Right. What you've got put back that you're going to spend on that car. He might be saving it to bless someone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, we need the will of the Lord in our lives. Dude, it, it's funny. Cause my wife always jokes around. She'll, she's been, you know, wanting, uh, uh, you know, whatever she's for some reason wants a BMW or a Mercedes. I'm like, why do you want to let's, let's get you a Ford or something? You know, <laughs> but she always jokes with me. She goes, but, but the Lord told me he was going to buy me one. I'm like, you know, so just joking around. Like, so dude, but no, you are absolutely right, man. It's like, when you, build that foundation with Jesus. When you truly have a relationship with him, you are invited to that table. Mm-hmm. You're invited to that table daily, not just once a day, not just twice a day or, or anything. You're, you're constantly a, a, a guest at the table of Christ. You know what I mean? And when you build that relationship with him, like you and I spoke of last time in our twenties or whatnot, in our, our crazy life, yeah, we would, I knew who Jesus was. I was saved at 17, but was I really saved? Was I really devoting myself to Christ? No, it was not. I don't think I was. Mm-hmm. But when you have that, that definite relationship with Jesus, you want to be in the word of God. You want to like pick apart this scroll that is our daily bread. And you want to learn who he is, what he says, you know, and you're right. You go, I go to prayer all the time, dude, over the smallest things, whether it be um, you know, how to tithe my money to the church, what area, whether it be student area or building, you know, whatever, dude, missionaries constantly going to the Lord. You know, these disciples did the same thing for every decision they made. You think that Peter went and cast out demons or healed the sick or brought the dead back to life without going to, you know, the Holy spirit praying, because if he, if he did, there's no way he would have been able to do any of this. Because, you know, the spirit dwells in us and allows us. But we also have to to be sure that we're going to him for every decision. And in my 20s, I was thinking, I don't need to go to God to ask him how to spend my money. Mm-hmm. Why not? He gives me the, the means to make the money. Right? Exactly. That, 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 that first of that pay or whatever, that 10 percent is, is already his. But I dude, me and my wife go to him in prayer all the time for decisions. And it's so important, man. So important. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got to, and, and people may be listening to this who, who don't have that relationship. They, they may think we're crazy, but uh, I know what it's like to do things my way. 
and I know what it's like to do things God's way. And I can say from experience, God's way is always better. And and another thing that I want to touch on uh, while we're in this vein is, you know, a lot of times uh, we've talked about uh, wilderness experiences or maybe, you know, going uh, into reading the word. I know, man, when I was first saved, uh, the word of God was just I just completely devoured it. I mean, every morning I could not wait to get up and and get my coffee and my Bible. And I mean, that's still what I do to this day. But I've went through many times where there was maybe a dry spell when I was when I was very first uh, saved. I mean, it seemed like every time I would open the word, it was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, things jumping off the pages at me. and, and it was very awkward when that stopped happening. Mm-hmm. And, and people need to understand that you will go through those times. You will go through those times where you feel like the Lord's just giving you revelation after revelation after revelation. Mm-hmm. And then you may go through a period of weeks, months, or however long and read and read and read and feel like you're getting absolutely nothing. But one thing that I have learned is everything that you're taking in, God has a purpose for it. And Mm -hmm. there's been so many times where I have read through books in the Bible and it just be so dry, nothing jump out at me. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, some of the long books, the old Testament I've read through and I'm just like, Oh, another chapter, another chapter. Yes. But then there's been times where I have been out, uh, you know, on the job or, or, you know, Walmart, whatever, Mm -hmm. or maybe somebody messaged me on social media or something like that and start talking to me about a situation and, the Lord start bringing things to my remembrance that I've read things that I never thought. uh, I didn't think I was getting anything from it, but these things just start flooding out of me. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And the Lord's reminded me, you, you read this in this chapter, you read this here, this. So even when you feel like you're reading or you're praying and you're not getting anything, Always keep pressing in because everything you're taking in, God's got a purpose for it and, and he's going to use it. That's right. And I liken it to what I enjoy most ever since I was 17 and in high school working out. So there's moments when I'm working out and you're trying to build this foundation where you're gung ho for everything. You know, you're, you're gaining, you're, you're learning how to lift properly, whatever your strength's going up. But then there's a moment where you hit like a plateau. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I've never just stopped working out because I hit that plateau. What did I do? I pushed through that plateau. I pushed forward. I moved on. And then whatever, three, four, five months later, I look back at progress pictures or whatnot. I go, Oh wow. I was growing. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Like it, it's just, I kind of make it practical for me to understand. So it's the same, obviously reading the Bible is way more important than working out, but it's the same because there's been moments just like you, man, where I would read the Bible 
and it's just flooding in on me. The spirit's just slamming me with things, slamming me with things. And then there will be those moments where dry spell hit. And in my mind, I'm thinking, God, where are you? But, you know, just like that working out dry spell, it wasn't, I wasn't not working out. So God is not there in my, and pre, or the Holy Spirit's still there with me, mm-hmm. guiding me through the word. And yeah, you're right. Cause you come back a couple months down the road and somebody's asking you a question and you start just firing off answers or firing off Bible verses or uh, walking somebody through a journey or walking somebody through the sinner's prayer or whatever it may be, man. And that happened to me about a week ago where a friend and I were talking about a good friend of the family who was going through some rough spells. Uh, and she started asking me questions and dude, I swear a year ago, I'd have been like dumbfounded, like, Oh boy, what do I say? But I just kind of, poured out what God's taught me through the word, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I realized, I told my wife, I said, that was crazy. Like I, I, I was answering questions that I, you know, I'm never been one to really quote Bible verses. I'm, I'm working on writing them down because writing is seeing and you understand and you take in more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could bring up scripture and reference scripture on how to help, you know, this friend of mine, so, dude, it's crazy to think about, like, <clears throat> when you do go through those dry spells, like, sometimes those are when you start digging deeper. You start digging deeper and you just say, all right, God, I'm not going anywhere. And, Lord, I know you're not going anywhere. You haven't gone anywhere. He's still there. But I think those are moments where God or the Holy Spirit saying, okay, dig deeper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to get to know me more. Let's build that relationship. It's like, dude. You know, just like I know, we're both married men. When I started pursuing my wife, or at that time, this woman, Stacy, there, I was trying to, you know, uh, take out on a date. Bro, it took me a year. Took me a year to take her on one date. You know what I mean? And that was the first time I'd ever pursued that. So for that year, was that like a dry spell? Maybe, yeah. I was, but I was pursuing this woman that I was like, now she's my wife. So you don't just give up on you know, those, those things, like you, you keep pursuing it, keep pursuing it. And the Holy Spirit's going to start just to man, unravel things for you. Yeah, man. I kind of, I kind of wonder if we should kind of take a pause and move back a little bit into, uh, into some talk about basic salvation. Uh, my daughter, uh, shared something with me today and it was a, it was a, a clip and I, I shared it on Instagram, but it was, it was a clip of Billy Graham. And he was talking about how uh, some people scoff at mm-hmm. the gospel because it's so simple. God made it so simple. And I think a lot of people, whether they have been caught up in religion or what have you, I think so many times people just think that living for Jesus is so hard. And right. I, I think that they, they maybe decide they push away and they're like, I, I can't do that. And I know for me as a kid, uh, and it's nothing against the preachers that I was listening to or anything, but but a lot of the messages that I was hearing when I was a kid or early teens, uh, it was like, you need to this and you need to that. And the Bible says this. And if you're not walking this line and you're not doing this, 
And I remember just staring at the pulpit so many times thinking I can never live up to this standard. Yes. I, I can never, I can never be that man. I mean, he just seems so perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not, that's not the gospel at all. It's not. It, and I've been in the situation just like you brother, where I'm hearing someone preach about God. And at that time in my life, I'm thinking, I can't please this God. I'm terrible person. I'm a sinner. Why would God love me like that? Um, But it reminds me of the power of the cross. Yes. It reminds me of when I, when I approach a pulpit and I get a chance to preach, just like I'm sure you do, brother. I think of, how can I approach this? Because there's some people in this audience or this, this congregation who are, who've had a great life, who had a mother, a father that raised them, that loved them. But there's also certain people who have had an abusive father, mm-hmm. um, abusive boyfriends or abusive friends or whatever kind of life. So we have to approach that with how can we show them that God is love and that our heavenly father is no nothing like the earthly father who abused them or beat them or whatnot, or this person who that, that they suffered from. And so I always try to approach it in a certain way and just show them who Jesus is, man, and what he's done in my life. You know what I mean? And I, I've, I've preached one time on first Corinthians one eighteen, and it says for the word of the cross is uh, folly to those who are perishing. But to, who, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I always try to think and, you know, tell the story of the cross and what Jesus went through and how much God loves us that he gave his one and only son. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me see. Oh, I'm jumped over, no, no. jumped over to yeah. New King James. Uh, it's all good. But first uh, John chapter four. Uh, verses start at seven. I think I'll read through verse nine. It says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Verse nine. This is something to really, uh, for, for people to really grab onto in this the love of God was manifest toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Yes. So in God showed his love to us, to the whole world by sending Jesus to come to this earth and 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 here's the thing. I love the message of the cross. And a lot of people, uh, when they think of the message of the cross, they think, okay, it's just Jesus dying. But, but that's not the message of the cross. The, the message of the cross is everything to do with Jesus from right. his virgin birth to his, all the miracles that he did throughout his lifetime, the cross, the, the death, burial, and resurrection, ascension, his return, everything to do with Jesus is the message of the cross. And 
And that's that's what we've got to understand is God loved us so much that he came down in the flesh and did this for us. Why? Okay. It, it, it'd take a long time for us to go back and really uh, thoroughly explain this. But for people out there, if you, if you look through old Testament scriptures, there was a sacrificial system. The mm-hmm. first, the first sacrifice was, uh, was done by God in the garden of Eden after Adam and Eve sinned. God did the first sacrifice when he, when he uh, used an animal to clothe them. Okay. So God instituted the sacrificial system and then throughout the law, they had to go and go to the temple constantly and, and have uh, take a, 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 a lamb turtle dove, whatever uh, to the priest, let him slit that lamb's throat the blood pours out. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's, it's so, if you look through Leviticus, you people need to go and read this. I, I read through Leviticus sometimes and I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Uh, right. Because <laughs> it, it was so in depth that even when they skin out these animals, they skin out a lamb on the inside. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm a big deer hunter. Mm-hmm. And it, when you skin uh, when you skin these animals, if they had a blemish, a bruise, anything on the inside, then that lamb was rejected. Gone. And and if the offering was rejected, then the offerer was rejected. So if I brought a lamb uh, that had a blemish on it, then not only was that animal that I brought rejected, but I was rejected. Therefore, my sin was not covered for that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you go through, God has this sacrificial system and I, I, I'm not, I don't claim to understand exactly why, but Hebrews says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So God's way was a blood sacrifice and, and, and so here's the, the big point that, that we've got to get. Jesus, in his virgin birth, as awesome as that was, just being born of a virgin did not save anyone. Right. Jesus, in all the miraculous things that he did, uh, healing the blind, raising the dead, all of these things that he did throughout his lifetime, if he would have stopped there, that would not have saved anyone. Jesus just going to the cross and dying would not have saved anyone. He had to do all of this, the the miraculous virgin birth, all the miracles, the life that he lived. He was tempted in every way that we are, yet he never sinned. He lived this perfect life without any sin in word, thought, or deed. And then he went to the cross and he died as our perfect sacrifice. He died as our lamb. Okay. Then he was laid in the tomb. He was buried. And then on that third day, he was resurrected. And that resurrection was basically a receipt 
Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, amen. Basically a receipt from God saying paid in full. So from that moment on, everything, every sin from every person who will ever come to Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior, every sin is wiped away because they all were placed on that cross and in that tomb with Jesus. Uh, Isn't that crazy? He, second he, talk before yeah. I read. I've got something to read. Go no, no, no. He, dude, you said it perfectly. I, I, you know what? He bore our sins. And it made me think when you were talking about the blemishes on these animals, these sacrifices. But the thing about Jesus is we, we know that the sacrifice that he paid, there's no blemish that that's on me. There's no sin that's too deep. There's no past that's too dark that is not forgiven because of what Jesus did. Like he knew his purpose mm-hmm. when he was, when he was going to the cross, he knew that those three years that he was traveling with the disciples and teaching them and instructing them to, to be prepared to accept the Holy spirit and be prepared to witness and die for him. He knew his purpose. Yes. They didn't understand it, but he knew that he had to go to the cross. You know, Galatians two twenty says he loved me. He gave himself for me. Yes. So if you're listening to this or if you're watching this or whatever, that me is you. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Yes, it's me. And yes, it's Casey, but it's you as well. So you got to think of, you know, how powerful that statement is and who Jesus is, the son of God. And John three sixteen is a well-known verse. Even if you're not a believer, you know it. Yeah. But it says, for God so loved the world, God loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And it's just so powerful, man. That's a verse that you can never get tired of hearing. Jesus told Nicodemus that you, it says truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And my biggest fear, man, and I don't have to fear anymore. I can, I can actually say that because I know my relationship with Jesus is when I close my eyes and take my last breath, I will see the kingdom of God. Yes. I won't have to face a burning lake of fire, you know, and I'm not trying to scare anybody listening here, but if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and savior, you got two brothers here that are, that are more than willing and able to, to kind of walk you through this process. Cause Casey laid it out there about this, the cross. And if you just think of the, the torture that Jesus went through, I mean, he was beaten. He was, he was, his flesh was ripped from his body. And that they say in some some depictions that his beard was actually like ripped from his face that his mother, Mary didn't even recognize her own son Mm -hmm. who she had raised, who she had walked with. They didn't even recognize him. He suffered all of this. And I'm getting cold chills thinking about it. You know, dude, it's just the power of the cross. And it is foolish to those who don't believe as first Corinthians one 18 says, man. And, and it's, but my goal is tonight, I think we've, we've steered clear of, you know, one thing and went to another topic, but it's the most important topic is yeah. who is Jesus and what is he to you? So before we start rambling on and on and on, go ahead. You said you wanted to read something, bro. Yeah, that's I, uh, man, <clears throat> I feel, I feel the Holy spirit in this, these last few minutes here, man. That's amen. Romans amen. chapter six. And I, I here's something that I want people to understand. Man, I've preached this for the last several years. Uh, 2017-18, I went through, uh, as a Christian, by the way, I went through a deep 
place of anxiety and depression. And I had never experienced that before. And I had actually preached down to people and told them, you know, it's just a lack of faith and which Mm. it is. But I, I told people, you know, you just need to get your faith right. You're, you know, you're letting the devil defeat you. And, you know, if you're going through anxiety, if you're going through depression, man, that's just that's just a lack of faith and you don't have any faith and all this other junk that I was throwing at them and, and cramming down their throats. And I realize now how I had talked down to people about right. a situation that I had never experienced. So there was a good hard year that the Lord allowed me to experience this stuff. And I'm talking terrified to go outside my doors terrified. The enemy kept telling me he was going to take me out. He was taking me out. He's taking my family out. I mean, man, this was so, so hard for me to deal with. And, uh, I mean, I just kind of lived in a cocoon. I, I was terrified of everything. And, uh, amen. You got it, brother. You got it. Um, <clears throat> and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, go back to the cross. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something I had, I'd got to a point where all I wanted to, to do was seek another revelation. Mm-hmm. I wanted something else for me to be able to go and preach a revival and be God's man of power for the hour. I wanted something for people to say, oh, we've got to get Casey coming to our church. Man, when he touches people, they fall out and they shake under the power of God. Man, when he preaches, I mean, people just, I want, what I had become was I was was looking for the next thing that was going to puff me up and Mm -hmm. make me look good. And, and I, I went through this solid year of this deep depression and anxiety and the Lord spoke to me and said, go back to the cross. And, yeah. and he took me to Matthew chapter six, and then he took me to Romans chapter six and started showing me. And I have heard a lot of people use Romans chapter six and say that this chapter and these verses that I'm about to read is just strictly about water baptism. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that, that Romans six is about water baptism, water baptism, you're going to miss the whole point. Let me begin at verse one. Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Notice it said baptized into Christ Jesus, not baptized into water. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. He's he's not he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about he's talking about we have died in God's eyes when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We were on that cross with Jesus. Our old man was on that cross, nailed to that cross. We were buried in that tomb with Jesus, and we were resurrected to walk in a newness of life. He says in verse eight, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You are under law, but under grace. One thing there is grace never gives us a license to sin. In fact, grace stares sin straight in the face until it runs away. Grace empowers us to live free from lives of sin. But what what the Lord showed me in Romans chapter six and telling me to go back to the cross is stop putting your faith in yourself, in your works, in your preaching, in your church attendance, in all of your good things and place your faith in Jesus and his finished work. That's what it's all about. That's where our faith needs to be anchored, not in our pastor, not in our church, not in ourselves or our wives or husbands or any of that. It's all about Jesus and what he did for us. And that's the only way that we can live with sin, not having dominion over us. And that's what gives the Holy Spirit full latitude to empower us and work in our lives. That's right, dude. You said it best, man. You go. He said, Casey, go back to the cross. Mm -hmm. Listen, I have to do it all the time. I have to go back to that cross. I have to kneel at the foot of the cross. I have to lay it at the cross and give it to God and realize that Jesus paid for my sins. You know what I mean? That ultimately what he did, I didn't deserve. Yeah. You know, he didn't deserve to have to go to the cross and pay this, this sinner's death and the torture that he went through. But because he loves us, because he loves us. And I think of the, you know, when he is standing there 
And Pilate is is saying, what should I do with this man? Should we crucify him or, uh, you know, release this prisoner, Barabbas, I believe is how you say it. And they said, crucify Christ. And if you see the movie Passion of the Christ and there's some other good ones, you'll see Barabbas kind of walk off. And there's one part of the Passion of Christ where Barabbas looks at Jesus and kind of like, you don't, in my eyes, when I see it, I, I, I see Barabbas, Barabbas going, this guy just took my place. And in a way, we all are Barabbas. Jesus yeah. took our place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We all are that criminal, that murderer, that sinner. That, but the good thing is, is it's never too late to go back to the cross. And so whatever you're going through right now, we have a loving God. And he is not a mean father is slamming his fist down and saying, I don't accept you because the truth is he accepts you for who you are. Mm -hmm. But as you get to know him better, you're going to die to yourself. You're going to be dead to that sin that he just talked about in Romans six. And you're going to start living a life that is full of God, a life that is being led by the Holy spirit. And I can testify to this man. I can testify to this when I was drunk and stupid and going crazy with my life, thinking I was better than everybody with pride. I can testify to this, that once you devote your life to Jesus, once you take it to the cross and say, I cannot do this by myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when Christ takes your hand and says, Hey, that's okay. Stand up. Let's do this again. Cause there's going to be days where you stumble, man. Casey, you know, just as well as me, there's days where I stumble where I have to go, man, why am I so stupid? Mm-hmm. But Jesus is there if we sit at that table with him and don't rush off and take our time to get to know him. He's there to say, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We all mess up. Yeah. We, can all, we can all start back over right now and give you a clean slate. And that's the love of the Father. We cannot comprehend how, how, this power, or how deep that love is. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 speaks of the depth and the width and the height of God's love and how we cannot comprehend it. Yeah. But what we can do is continue to dive into this word, continue to know who Jesus is, continue to go back to the cross and know what that means and what, what he did for us and how much he loves us. Listen, my email is shatter6682 at gmail.com. And I know Casey will give his out. We can tweet these out with the link once the show airs. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've been, I'm, I just feel led to say, man, reach out to me, reach out to Casey. And I mean, Lord knows we would love to walk you through this. We'd love to email back and forth with things you're going through questions you have, because the fact is, is Proverbs 27, 17 says iron sharpens iron. Don't do it alone. Cause yeah. I don't Lord knows I got plenty of mentors and men and women that I reach out to on a daily basis to say, Hey brother, Hey sister, I need to be lifted up because, man, the enemy's attacking me. Mm-hmm. But we do not do it alone, brother. So there you go. That's that's it, man. I I believe we've I believe we've said what needs to be said. I believe we've said what the Holy Spirit wanted said uh, on this episode. Uh, my my former pastor used to always say, "It's okay to not be okay, but it's yeah. not okay to stay that way." <laughs> and that's, yeah, amen. that's the thing about it when it's okay to come to Jesus uh, when you're in a mess. But I promise you, if you truly give your heart and life to him, he's not going to leave you that way. And so, yeah, uh, you can contact us, uh, prayer requests, uh, questions. Um, Chad gave his 
And then the shows is wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We will both get uh, what comes to those. Um, so, you know, contact us anytime. Uh, if you, if you have questions, we would, we would love to, uh, we're not too good to try to talk to you about these things, you know? Amen. So uh, I'm readily available, always available, man. Just, you know, there's joy in knowing Christ. Can't say that enough. Um, so whatever you're going through, there's joy in knowing Christ and, and man, I'd love to talk to you about it. Definitely. And before we go, uh, I know he don't want any credit, uh, but I got to put uh, our producer over. Man, he's been working hard, and <laughs> he's got yes. he's got the episodes up on YouTube. And man, he's he's uh, he's an editing machine and and doing a great job. And we just want to tell him how much we appreciate him and his hard work. So now uh, you can go subscribe to the Wrestling for the Faith YouTube channel and listen to all the episodes on there as well mm-hmm. as Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever you use. Uh, I believe we're on there. So, uh, feel free to check us out. We hope you will. You got anything before we go, brother? No, just, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram at Jackson Riker, WWE and Casey, what's your IG in case they need to know on Twitter. It is at real Casey cage. And, uh, that's the same thing on Twitter. So yeah, get in touch with us and uh, we'd love to talk to you and chat. So, all right, guys, we love you. God bless you. And we thank you for listening to this episode today. Yes. Wrestling for the faith is now available on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and search wrestling for the faith.